Greetings and welcome to our inaugural Freeman Means Business Peer Podcast. This is a segment where twice monthly we will host brilliant and talented colleagues in the professional services industry to share how they can help you, the listeners, grow and protect your practice, firm, or company. Today's special guest is Pamela Cohn. Pam, welcome and tell us a bit about your business background and services. Thank you, Susan. I'm so happy to be here. Um, well, I actually am currently wearing two hats. One is I am serving as the Vice President of Global Social Responsibility for a professional services firm called Milliman, which is an actuarial consulting firm based in Seattle, but we have um, nearly 70 offices around the world. Um, and the other hat I'm wearing is I am also, I also started a business called Amity Advisory, and that consultancy focuses on helping other professional service firms um, with their corporate social responsibility programs and communications. You are a busy lady. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, well, my whole background has been professional services marketing for many years in the legal industry. And then 15 years ago, I moved over to Milliman um, as their chief marketing officer. But I was starting to see, Milliman was starting to see, and as I suspect a lot of law firms are starting to see, increasingly specific questions on client RFPs about what we were doing with respect to CSR. Yes. And his, yeah, historically, it was it had been sufficient to talk a little bit about um, diversity and inclusion and perhaps some community engagement that we were doing. But um, I think clients are becoming much more deliberate about the programs they expect to see from their supply chain. And their supply chain includes professional service providers. Um, and so with that increasing interest in um, CSR coming from clients, Milliman realized that while we have historically always been very active, we hadn't done the necessary work to track or manage everything that was happening throughout our 70 offices and therefore didn't have a robust, sufficient story to tell to our clients. Pam, is it fair to say that this has gone from a nice to have to a must have, almost a demand by clients? They're, they're becoming more uh, in the driver's seat on this sort of issue? I think that's very fair to say. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think what really made Milliman sit up and take notice is when we lost an existing client. This wasn't even a prospect, it was an existing client that we lost because in no small part because the answers to our to the CSR questions on the questionnaire were insufficient for us to even make it to the second round. Yikes. Um, yeah, that was a wake up call to be sure. And I think what's driving a lot of clients, particularly firms that represent global and multinational clients, many of those clients are aligning with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and are building their own CSR programs around the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And part of that is ensuring that your supply chain is also committed to achieving the 
in short, the SDGs. Um, and as more and more clients are working with their supply chain to make sure their supply chain providers and vendors are also committed, um, that's where I think uh, some of this pressure is coming from. Well, I have to say, I think, um, well, I can tell you with all honesty, I've been in that position in the hot seat where I had to reply to that RFP. That question specifically was asked. We looked around and scratched our heads and we're like, how do we answer this? We don't yeah. know. So yeah. it is becoming more and more of um, a must have than a need to have, I agree. So, so how can um, professional service providers benefit from what you do? Um, well, I think, first of all, just being aware that this increased pressure and what's driving the increased pressure. Secondly, I think law firms have historically relied on two pillars, pro bono and diversity and inclusion. And those are absolutely wonderful initiatives and necessary initiatives, but no longer sufficient. I think law firms need to start looking, and, and other professional service firms, frankly, need to start looking at their whole CSR program in a much more holistic way so that when they talk to clients or when they answer questionnaires, their story is a more robust, holistic story rather than a siloed pro bono right. story or a siloed um, um, DNI story. I think uh, clients are also expecting to hear about what are you doing on the sustainability front. I think they're also want to hear about what are you doing with respect to carbon footprint. You bet. And I think yeah. I think one key element that many professional service firms are missing is. So much of the work we do, the work that clients actually pay law firms to do or pay Milliman to do, actually helps support some of the UN SDGs, but we don't talk about it. We, right. don't, we don't recognize that even the work we do that we're getting paid to do can be part of our CSR story. Um, and I'll give you an example. At Milliman, we have a very large healthcare practice that helps figure out the financing and the provisions of healthcare services in a way that the average public can afford. Um, we get paid to do that work, but that is clearly contributing to the provision of healthcare for, for all, which is part of the United Nations goals. We can talk about that. We also have an employee benefits division that. Um, helps secure people's retirement, right? Yes, we're working with pension plans and trustees, but the ultimate beneficiary is helping people to retire. Um, so yes, we can talk about the actual work we're doing as part of how we are helping to contribute to the achievement of the UN SDGs. And that's a component that I think most law firms miss. They only talk about pro bono, as if right. the work they're paid to do doesn't qualify. And in many cases, it does. Well, let me ask you this. So how important is it? So a lot of lawyers might say, well, I'll leave this to my COO or my CMO or the people who write the proposals or even the marketing department uh, to take care of this sort of thing. How important is it for the actual shareholders in the firm or partners in the firm to get engaged, understand what this means, how this directly impacts the client relationship? 
That's an excellent question because I think historically and perhaps even for the very near short term, um, law firms and others might be tempted to do just the bare minimum so they can check the boxes um, on those questionnaires. But to me, what is really going to differentiate firms in the competitive marketplace is a proactive stance. Right. So for instance, instead of waiting to get a questionnaire and then scrambling to figure out how to answer it, I think the firms that could leverage this opportunity will be the ones who proactively get their arms around everything that's already happening in their firm, write a narrative and a story that describes that, figure out what their signature programs or projects are, and actually go to market, actually reach out right. to clients and say, we really want to work on the United Nations goal for um, infrastructure and uh, improved economic development. How can we work together on this? Because if you approach the client first with some of these opportunities to work collaboratively on achieving certain goals, whether they be aligned with the UN SDGs or whether they just be um, important steps to take in society, you will not then be caught on your back foot when that questionnaire comes in. And more than that, I think you look progressive and ahead of the game and ahead of the curve and out front. Um, yeah. Using this not just as a side dish to your um, meal, but actually part of the entree. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. And I think yeah. too often, like you said, it gets pushed behind pro bono, diversity and inclusion as um, something else we do. That even a lot of attorneys who are um, hopefully engaged in the proposal process responding to RFPs. I hope that they would understand the importance of this in the eyes of the client. I find often that the attorneys might think something is, oh, that, that's cool that we do that, but they don't realize clients are demanding this. This is client driven. This is something you should, it's a wow factor. We need to proactively market that we are engaged in this and that we're out in front. We're actively, um, you know, on behalf of the good of the world doing this sort of thing. So yeah, I think this is great. We all talk a lot about diversity and inclusion in pro bono, and I've never heard anyone mention this as um, something at the forefront. And, and something that we should embrace and be proactive about rather than begrudgingly deal with. Um, and I liken it to historically the way we in the marketing profession have begrudgingly had to deal with procurement. Um, oh, yes. If in, <laughs> yeah, in, if instead of feeling like procurement has been a necessary evil, why don't we embrace it and develop relationships with procurement ahead of time um, so that we can get the people in procurement what they need to do their job and give them the information they need about our firms um, and just make it a much smoother process than a uh, uh, a reluctant uh, check the box exercise. And we can do the same thing with respect to CSR. Instead of only embracing or engaging in CSR because our clients are asking us questions and we have to check the box, why don't we get out in front of it and be proactive and collaborative with clients on achieving some CSR projects and programs? 
So I think that's important because when you are proactive, you're able to deliver the value proposition first internally to your lawyers or engineers or accountants or whatever legal service or whatever professional service provider you're servicing. Um, provide that value proposition to them so they're on board and they understand that they, when they speak with clients, need to be able to deliver the same and feel it, own it, be it, live it. Um, yeah. I totally get that. I know when you said procurement, that hit home really hard because a lot of people are like, who is this procurement officer? Why is he involved in my relationship with the general counsel? And, and who is he to say anything about our relationship? And what is his role or her role? And it's been mm -hmm. quite a tough pill to swallow for so many um, in my world, having been legal and then financial services before that. Um, at least in legal, it's been a tough pill to swallow for so many uh, lawyers who are uh, wondering, is this going to damage the relationship I have with the client or the GC who assigns the work? And I think, honestly, the GCs wonder the same thing, uh, where mm -hmm. procurement and, and um, issues like uh, CSR and DNI and pro bono, these are areas that are becoming more and more the norms unless the, um, you know, oh, tell me more about that. It's actually, you know, some of the meat of what you provide to the client. Yeah, I agree. And I also feel like one more factor is contributing to this, and that is the growth of the profession of the legal operations people. Um, so if legal operations people within in-house counsel departments or in-house legal departments are starting to um, uh, be more involved in the selection of outside counsel, they also are going to be using criteria and questionnaires and other things to make sure they are getting value. Um, and part of that, uh, just like uh, they are requesting of the rest of their supply chain, is going to include um, the comprehensive CSR program. So to be clear, what exactly do you do? Like step one, how would you get involved to help a professional services provider? What, what actions do you take? Soup to nuts. Yes, so the first thing I do is an assessment of everything that the firm is already doing because what I have found is that most firms, if not all firms, are already doing a lot of things. I call them random acts of kindness, right? <laughs> all the local offices are doing things in their community. Everybody is doing pro bono. Everybody is doing DNI. Um, usually, there is some sort of recycling or sustainable program in the offices. But again, as in Milliman's case, nobody was tracking it. Nobody was managing it. So the first thing is to get your arms around what's already happening so that you have a baseline to measure against. Secondly, is then I feel like um, while random acts of kindness is good, it doesn't leverage um, what it, it doesn't allow for a greater impact. So the stage I am at with Milliman right now, for instance, is to choose what we're calling signature programs or signature projects. What things can we embrace that leverage our skill sets that benefit society? that align with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and how can we put our time and energy and resources behind two or three signature programs versus 100 random acts of kindness? Yes. So, so we have, um, we're looking at the United Nations Sustainable, uh, Sustainable Development Goals to choose the two or three that we feel align with our, um, our mission. Milliman's mission is to 
serve our clients to protect the health and financial well-being of people everywhere. Um, so clearly, um, uh, healthcare uh, provision of healthcare around the world is one of the UN SDGs that we will align right. with. Um, so as we work through this process, we also issued a survey internally asking everybody in the firm if you could choose three areas of focus for our CSR program, for our signature programs, what would they be? And what came back was um, education, particularly in the STEM categories, which makes sense for a group of actuaries. Right. Um, at the and secondary level in the underserved schools. The second thing that came back was um, public, global, and mental health services and access to those services. Again, that clearly aligns with, um, with our areas of expertise. And then third was community and economic development, particularly where employment opportunities are included. So those are the three UN SDGs that we are going to focus on. Um, and I think with law firm clients, they have to take that same step. Many law firms have specific areas of expertise. Focusing on those areas of expertise and skills and aligning your CSR program around those specific areas will um, provide much more mileage and leverage with your program and, and you can um, then tell a much more robust impact story. So I'll tell you personally, from my experience, um, I've worked at some excellent firms and they do engage in these activities and they do care about the bigger picture and, uh, but they only market these activities that they engage in on internal um, lunch and learns or sharing with the other partners what they're doing or what we do or uh, how much we have cut back on certain, you know, negative behaviors and, and prompted and promoted positive behaviors like with using less paper or whatever kind of um, good that we're doing. These types of programs, CSR, even our DNI, even uh, the pro bono, a lot of that is shared internally. But like you said, we don't share it externally to the clients. We share it amongst one another and say, yay, look what we've done. And it's really worthy of, you know, marketing of of promoting of sharing with prospects and clients we took initiative and here's what we're doing and this aligns with your um goals in csr as well um so i, I think that's fantastic i know that a lot of firms don't understand what these uh, united nations sustainable development goals are um, mm -hmm. that partly your charge to meet with law firms, engineering firms, other professional service providers, and share with them what those goals are and see if they are in fact doing it. If not, help them do it. If so, help them promote doing it. Yes, absolutely. And I think also um, figure out for them which of their clients are already embracing. So, so. Ah, I, smart. Yeah, as soon That's as lawyers. Development right there. If they go to their client's website, and on their clients' websites, they are talking about, here's what uh, manufacturer XYD, XYZ is doing with respect to our carbon footprint or with respect to our sustainable supply chain. You know it's important to your clients. Yes. Figure out which, which UN SDGs are your clients aligned with and how can you help them achieve their targets. 
Um, each of the sustainable development goals has specific targets to achieve. Um, and if your clients are working towards those targets, then why aren't we helping them? Why aren't we right. collaborating with them to help them reach those goals? And the beauty of it is um, this isn't a competitive issue, really. No. If all companies in the world were making progress towards UN SDGs, that is only a good thing for all of us, right? It, right. It, uh, we're all working towards the betterment of society. Um, and so you can work with all of your clients on achieving the UN SDGs. Um, that is a good thing for everybody involved. I will say um, you, you make a great point. They don't tend to go look at the client's website and see what's important to the client. That's, that's so easy to do. Um, another, another thing I recommend is if you're in an intimate relationship with your client and you are, if you're handling all their legal work, you know things about them the rest of the world doesn't know and they trust you with that and it's confidential. Why wouldn't a, a provider, a service provider, or a lawyer ask to see the company client, the strategic plan? Why not? Why not look at the strategic plan and then see where the firm and its practices align with the company or client and its practices and then talk yeah. about that. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it's a partnership. It's a collaboration instead of sort of waiting to get a questionnaire about CSR right. from your client, go to the client and say, Hey, what are you doing with respect to CSR? And how is this important in your supply chain? Because we're part of your supply chain. We want to help you achieve what you're setting up to, to accomplish. Sort of like a roadshow or a tour, you know, I'd like to come learn more about your um, sustainability initiatives and discuss how we can help you achieve those. And in that visit, maybe uh, share where we mirror and match your behaviors or align with your philosophies. Um, that yes. is so powerful. So I think of things from a business development standpoint, because that's my area of expertise. And this to me is a no brainer. It is to me too, because it's one more connection we could have with clients outside of the legal services we're providing them or in Milliman's case outside of the actuarial services that we're providing them. Totally um, a differentiator. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I'll give you one quick example. Um, our London office recently collaborated with a very important client of ours, Aviva, on a program called Beyond the Classroom, which included internships at both Aviva and Milliman, and it also included a culminating project that the students had to do. Now, that has nothing to do really with actuarial work or legal services um, if we were a law firm, but the connections that were made between right. Milliman and the client and the students we were nurturing was priceless. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. This is great. This is great. So I, I see, uh, you know, you do wear two hats. I want to mention both sites where people can learn more about what um, you do. Uh, Amity Advisory and Milliman, both, if you want to give their website addresses, that would be helpful to the listeners. And then I want to ask you a little something about you. Okay, terrific. So Milliman um, is milliman.com. And we are just now building our CSR page for milliman.com. So you won't find much there yet, but it's under construction. Um, and then Amity Advisory is A-M-I-T-Y. AmityAdvisory.com is um, the website for my consulting business. 
Um, and the word Amity was chosen because it means um, collaboration and partnerships, particularly among nation states. Um, mm -hmm. And so I thought that, that was a perfect uh, name for a CSR consultancy. That's a great name for um, So before I have uh, listeners understand how they can reach you, tell me a little bit about what you do when you're not working, because wearing two hats, it seems like you might not have a lot of personal time or time to do fun things, or what do you do when you're not wearing those two hats? Well, that's funny because right now I am actually in graduate school as well. Oh um, but just about to finish, I'm getting a graduate certificate in corporate social responsibility from the University of Toronto. Um, and I graduate on the 10th of November, but who's counting? Um, so <laughs> I, just, I just did my landscape study, uh, or excuse me, my capstone project, um, and it was a landscape study of um, CSR and sustainability programs in the legal industry. Wow. Uh, and I worked, I worked collaboratively with the law firm Sustainability Network. We did a survey, um, and that is just about to be um, submitted for my academic requirements, but then we're also going to publish it. Um, so that will be coming out shortly. So once I'm done with school, um, what I will likely do in my spare time is I like to do, um, I have a son who is a graduate student down at Rice University in Houston, so right. I spend some time in Houston um, and uh, enjoy life at this stage of my career. That's fantastic. So I thought you might say roller skate, but no, you come back with grad school and capstone projects. That's amazing. So I'm very Yeah, it'll be wonderful when it's finished. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing the results of it. I think what you have um, is, is something that a lot of firms are doing and engaging in, but don't realize the power of it or the importance of sharing their message about it. Um, and then there are those firms that aren't doing it, and they better hurry up and get on board the train that's, you know, slowly um, taking, making its way out of the station. So I think you're fantastic. It's been great having you. How can people uh, connect with you directly if they want to learn more? Yes, they can email me at PamelaCohn at AmityAdvisory.com. Um, that would probably be the easiest way to reach out. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find me there as well. Awesome. Awesome. One, one last quick question. If they want to call you, as some people still do, I know I'm not a big fan of the phone. So if anyone calls me, I know they don't know me. So they, <laughs> they yes, my, my direct, yeah, go ahead. Your my Amity advisory phone number is 206-499. Six eight nine zero two zero six four nine nine six eight nine zero. Very nice, very nice. So I think in um, closing, I just want to say this has been fun. Uh, this is my, as we know, inaugural broadcast for peer podcasts, and I'm going to host these twice a month, recording on Wednesdays and posting on Fridays. I'll write up a little blog post and include the. Uh, link to this podcast in that blog post and you'll be able to find me on various channels uh, at Freeman Means Business and you are also Pam welcome to share with your network the the link to this podcast you did a great job and it was very informative and it's actually a lot of fun thank you so much Susan it was my pleasure and I definitely will post the link as well Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you have a great day and everybody out there, thanks for listening.
Bye-bye. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye.